0: Well, today is our final message in the series, Valley Creek United. And as we wrap up this series, we're going to end in a place that is really vital to the future ministry of the church. And I'm going to go ahead and confess this right up front. This message is pretty simple, all right? It's a very, what I would say, basic, simple message, but I think it's one if we grasp and we hold on to, can be very impactful to what we do as a church. And so, As we start today, I do need three volunteers, okay, I do need three volunteers, all right, I I, I saw a hand over here first, come on, right here, come on, y'all just just stand right over here and see, come on, yeah, come on, yeah, yeah, you got it, come on, that's two, let's get one from this side, I don't want to be way in the back, I can't even see who that is with a hand up, who is that? Oh, Maverick, come on back, Maverick, I see that hand up there, y'all come on up here, we want to make sure we can see, you want to get you on camera real pretty, right, so, all right, so. I kind of I believe in ladies first today, so we have one. Come here. I'm going to let you pick which gift that you want. Oh, you're going with the smallest one. Wow, I thought we might pick the biggest one. Let's see. I'm going to go set. Which one do you want? Oh, wow. You get the biggest one. You excited? Yeah. All right, so here's what we're going to do. All right, this is, this is not real hard. I just want you to open these gifts. All right, is that okay? You excited? Are you really excited? Are you excited? Are you all excited? Y'all really want to see what's in these gifts? Okay, go for it. Let's see it. Let's tear, tear into it. By the way, I didn't wrap these, so if it's hard, it's not my fault, all right? So, hey, let's see. I'm, I'm excited, too. Let's see what's here. I'm, I'm going to tell Holly not to wrap the presents so tough next time, all right? All right, that's good. Here, I'll take that. Luke, sorry we're making a mess on your stage up here, all right? got it? You got it? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, the tense, it, it, it's, it's killing you, isn't it? Just say, what is this? What is this, right? Oh, what, what do you got? Oh, oh, she taped it all up here. She taped it up hard. I'm going to get on Holly. She's not here today, so I, you can tell her I'll talk bad about her, all right? Oh, 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 what do you got? Well, let's see. Let, let's let's, let's kind of line up here so we can see what we got. What, do you, what, did, what did you end up with? You got a battery. How exciting is that? 48. What do you got? You got a flashlight without, the flashlight. without anything else. Maverick, what do you got? I got the tip of a flashlight. Oh, you got the tip of a flashlight. Oh, so we have a battery. We have the tip of a flashlight, and we have a case, right? Now, can I ask you all a question? I'm going to ask you a question. It's a serious question. Which one of these is the most important gift that we got this morning? The battery? The battery is. Y'all think the battery's most important? Well, what, what, what good have I just set that battery down? What good is that battery by itself? Nothing, right? Do you think yours is the most important? Mm, It could be. Why? Because then that's the thing that makes the light. It makes the light, right? Yeah. But let me ask you this: What is this without the battery? Just a tip. It's just a tip. That's right. It's just a tip. What what about yours? Is yours the most important? Kind of, like you can put it together. Yeah, but what if you don't have a battery to put in it, or light? Like, what is that? Nothing, right? So, which gift is the most important? None. None. When is it important? Yeah, because again, the battery gives power, right? So it's nothing without the power source. But we can't have light without the bulb, right? But without the case to put it all together, it's nothing. But what happens when you put them all together? What happens when you put them all together? Together, they make light, right? All right, they do, all right? It's only when they're together, they make light. All right, good job. Thank you all. Y'all just put that stuff right there. All right, just put that there. Now, what I want you to do for me this morning is this. I want you to keep that illustration in mind because it will support what we're going to look at today in the scriptures. And so right now, if you haven't already, I want you to take your Bibles out and I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. All right. If you have it on your phone, that's fine. Pop it up on your phone because we're going to use your phone later anyway. All right. But we're going to begin in verse 12. 1 Corinthians 12, beginning in verse 12. Now, we could really begin earlier in this passage because there is one theme that runs throughout this chapter. As we start today, I want you to understand that part of what is being looked at here is the idea of unity, the very theme that we've been discussing over the last number of weeks. In the scriptures, believers, or we could say the church, is referred to as the body of Christ. Now, keeping that in mind, listen to what Paul says in verses 12 and 13. He says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. See, Paul here is using a familiar analogy of the church as the body to explain an important truth. In these couple of verses, what quickly stands out to me is this idea of unity. He speaks of a body being one united entity and then says that that's what the church is. It is one body. He is very specific when he says there is one spirit and all believers are baptized into one body. What should be clear to believers is that there is a connection that we have with each other that cannot be denied and that should not be ignored. We should clearly understand that there should be a unity between believers that if we're going to be who God wants us to be, we have to understand this unity and live out this unity. Yes, there are many members, but there is how many bodies? One. We can look at our physical bodies and talk about the different parts. Our bodies have feet and hands. Our, our bodies have arms and legs. Our bodies have eyes and mouth. We even can get more specific and talk about things like nerves and cells, among other things. However, we can talk about the different parts, but they all go together to make one body. I mean, the feet do not go running in one direction and the hands in another, right? It, it just not, it's impossible. It, it just doesn't happen, all right? Likewise, in the church, we can speak of the different parts, specifically We can recognize that there are many different people, but we must understand that the church is everyone who is a believer all put together as one, and we are bound together. I would say in a simple way, we are bound together to be what Jesus said in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, where he said this. All right, speaking about the church, he says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to God, your Father, who is in heaven. You see, truly, we, as a united body, are to shine in this world in order that God would get the glory. See, the idea of connectedness and being one body is not a new concept for many of you, but let's look at a few things we need to understand the truth of this. All right, what, what, what does this mean if we are one body? It's First, it's this. You cannot say, you cannot say that you are not important to the body. Look at the next few verses in our text, beginning back in verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, we're with a sense of hearing. If the whole body were an ear, we're with a sense of smell. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. You see, clearly, our physical bodies have many parts, but so does the church. If you look around the room this morning, I I can say, I see hundreds of body parts. Our church doesn't have one member, but we have many, but we are together one. In other words, there is a diversity in the body. You know, I, I could look around and say, I, I know people here who are very crafty people. That's some of you, right? I, I could look around and say, I, I know some people here who are eloquent speakers. I, I can look around and say, I know some who are great cooks. I know there are those who are great writers. Those are those who are great musicians. There are some here this morning that are very tech savvy, all right? I wouldn't put me in that category, but there are some of you there. There are some who can pray powerfully. There are those who teach with clarity. There are those who are hospitable. There are those here who, who are very generous. There are those who quietly encourage and those who secretly help. I could name more this morning, but maybe I described you in some of those. When I said one of them, you said, yep, that's me. I'm crafty. Or yes, that's me. I'm musical. Yes, that's me. Maybe I mentioned you. Maybe I didn't. But here's what I want you to know today. Every one of you have a gift. We have a different gift and a different personality. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a part of the body and you have something to offer to the body. You have an important part to play. In fact, let me reiterate this first point. You cannot say you are not important to the body. You can't say that. One thing that I have seen from people in my years of ministry are those people who say, I have nothing to offer the Lord and I have nothing to offer the church. It seems like, I'll be honest, in this day and time when there's so many mental health issues and people are suffering from mental health that more and more people are saying, I don't have anything to offer. They doubt themselves, they doubt their abilities, they doubt they have anything to offer. And I wanna say today that is absolutely wrong. For every person here has value and every person has purpose. Every person has something to offer to the Lord and his church, Just because what you have to offer is not the same as someone else has to offer doesn't mean that you have nothing. In fact, you might have more to offer than you can ever imagine. I I think here about the widow in the scripture who only gave an offering that was considered in our day and time maybe just a couple of pennies. And many people would have looked at her and said, I mean, her, her gift was so small that it really had no value. However, if you remember the story, Jesus looked at that widow and what she gave and said, really, she gave of all that she had. She gave everything she had. And Jesus looked at her and said, she gave more than the person who had abundance to give because, again, she gave all that she had. When it comes to what a person can offer as a gift to the Lord, what God wants from you, hear me, is what you have to offer, not what you don't have to offer. You hear that? What God wants from you is what you have to offer, not what you don't have to offer. I know this. I get the opportunity every week to preach from this platform, and I get to speak to everyone. But that doesn't make me or what I have to offer better than others. What I do is simply offer to the Lord what he has given me and what he wants me to do. It is me taking advantage of the opportunity the Lord has given me. Remember, Moses looked at God when God told him to go to Pharaoh and tell them to let the Israelites go, that Moses told God, God, I can't speak. So how can I go and speak for you? And God looked back at Moses and he said this in Exodus 4, who has made man's mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now therefore go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall speak. The point that God was making with Moses is the same point that Paul is making here in 1 Corinthians 12 when he says this in verse 18. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. He chose. So you think about this. God is the one who has created each one of us, correct? So you get it this way, yeah. He has given each of us different gifts. And what he is simply wanting each of us to do is to use our gifting for him. Whatever you have to offer is what God has given you. And he is asking you to use it for his glory. When it comes to you, listen, God is not worried about what someone else has. He is wanting you to use the gifts that you have for his purpose and glory. Therefore, you cannot say I'm not important to the body. You are important because God said you are important. And here's really the big question that any of us have to ask this morning is this. Am I using my gifts and am I using my abilities to help God's church shine in this dark world? You hear that? Are you using your gifts? Are you using your abilities to help the church shine in this dark world? Because if you haven't noticed, the world is a dark place, and the world needs a bright, shining church, okay? Now, again, I hope today as you ask that question yourself, am I using my gifts? I hope you have said yes, all right? But if not, you're going to have a chance later to maybe change that and make it yes right now if it's a no. Now, along with this point, you also need to understand this second point. You cannot say someone else is not important to the body. You know, I've seen many people say they felt like they did not have anything to offer, but I've seen just as many, if not more, discount the contributions of others. Now, most of the time when someone is discounting another, they don't openly say they're discounting them. What they really do is express their belief in more subtle ways, many times just in their criticism of others, either criticizing the way someone does something or maybe criticizing what someone does not do. But look at what these next verses say, starting back in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty which are more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. You see, when I read this passage and it says that, that I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, I'm reminded that often the stance we take is that people often have to be just like us in order to be useful or effective. You ever felt that way? My guess is if you didn't, uh, you know, again, come out and say that, somewhere deep down in your heart, you thought everybody had to be just like you if they're going to be useful or effective. You see, people often get critical when others don't have the same passions or the same pursuits as they do. In fact, I'm going to give you an example, and I'm using this one because I think it's easy to do, so don't take offense if you fit into these categories, all right? It's just an easy example. There's a lot of other things I could use. But let's think for this for a moment. Let's think about the people who have a passion about mission trips, If you find a person who has passion for mission trips, they want to promote them, they want to support them, and they want everybody to participate in them. Am I wrong? That's right, right? I understand their passion because I really believe mission involvement is important to the church. However... There are others in the church who are not as passionate about mission trips. Maybe they feel that time and energy and finances should be spent doing local missions. Maybe they believe more time should be in things like Habitat for Humanity or Clarity or After School Ministry or Worm Blessings to name a few. Now, are both of these good? Right? They are, right? Which one of these people is right? The ones who said it ought to be missions or it should be local ministry? Both are right, okay? We should be passionate about mission trips. We should be passionate about local ministry participation. The answer, again, is both. The church needs both, and the world needs both. However, what cannot happen is one group looking at the other group and being critical because the other is not passionate about what they are passionate about. Neither group should be critical of the other, but I have a tendency to see this happening in the church. Again, let me make it clear. I'm not picking on one of these, if that's your passion, because it's not limited to these examples. Everyone has a passion or pursuit and has a tendency to think that theirs is the most important and others are not right if they don't fit into their passion, if they don't share that same passion and pursuit. And here's what I really wanna challenge everyone with today. I want you to grasp this, okay? Find joy. I want everybody to find joy in your gift and passion, ready, while celebrating those who have different gifts and passions. That's what I want you to do, find your joy. This point is important because God's word makes it clear that we cannot look at another part of the body and say, we don't need it. If mission trips are not your passion, do not criticize or discount those who that is their passion. The church needs people like that. The same goes for those that have passion for local ministries or those who are passionate about children's ministry or those who are passionate about student ministry or those who are passionate about sports ministry. We all have our passions and God wants us to use them for his glory and use them a part of his body and not criticize others. I also need to make this point because I've seen so many people become bitter and critical Not even enjoying their own passion when others didn't have the same level of excitement and commitment that they have. Please, please don't fall into that trap. Your joy in using your gift for God, hear me, should not depend on whether others catch your vision and passion. Okay. The joy that the Lord has given you should be your strength for you to find your joy in your ministry while allowing you to celebrate the passions and the pursuit that others have in helping his light shine. What we simply need to do is celebrate each other's gifts. I can make this statement because of what we read in verses 24 and 25 where it says, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another." Look at this, folks. God doesn't want any division. Instead, he wants members to have the same care for one another. He wants the members to celebrate the gifts and abilities of others, knowing that when each member, okay, when each member does his or her part, that's when the body is healthy. That's when the body can be at its best. Some of you might still have a tendency to say that what you do does not matter, but that's not so. Look again at verses 26 and 27. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. I believe we have all experienced in life, have we not? A part, when one part of our body is suffering and it causes the whole body to suffer, anybody ever had an experience like that? There may be some of you today that have experienced a severely sore tooth, you ever had that experience? Thankfully I've not, but we don't think about our teeth very much, right? But here's the deal. You get an abscess tooth and you see if you think about your teeth. Not only will you think about your teeth, but your whole body can often be become incapacitated because the pain is so great, all right? And so we might not think about that part, but if the tooth gets bad, it affects the whole body. Or how about a toe? Anybody ever broken a toe? Break a big toe sometime. No, don't don't do that. right? I hope you don't because what you'll discover is if you have a broken big toe, you'll realize what a big part the big toe is to your body because it plays a big part in your balance. It plays a big part in so many different things. And so if you break your big toe, guess what's going to be affected? The whole body is going to be affected. Now, I could use, again, more and more examples, but you get the point. Each part of the body is important, and if one part is hurting, it affects the whole body. Paul says here, that's true in the body of Christ. If one part suffers, then the body suffers together. That tells us that you should care about the other members of Christ's body, the church. Our our desire for every member here is, is that they would do well and they would succeed. We should never rejoice in the suffering of a fellow believer, and we should never ignore the suffering of a fellow believer. The suffering of another believer affects us all. As a church, we cannot be all that we can be unless each member of the body is healthy and serving the Lord. That tells me this. If I see a part of the body suffering, I should take time to minister to that person and help that person be restored to health so that he or she can be healthy and a contributing part of the body likewise when we see a part of the body that is honored guess what we ought to do rejoice rejoice that they got honored even if we didn't we thought well maybe I really deserve that right no you rejoice rejoice let's not be jealous but rejoice even when it comes to not only those in this local body but the body of Christ in general hear me church we should never celebrate when we see another church doing bad I've seen that, believe it or not. Oh, you know what's going on over at the other church? They're doing so bad. Maybe we'll get their members. That should break our hearts. We should never rejoice when another church, because they're part of the body. When another church is suffering, we should never rejoice. But you know what we ought to do? When we see another church doing well, guess what we ought to do? Rejoice that they're doing well because they are a part of the body. We should celebrate them. We should have this kind of attitude because God is the one at work. And we should be supporting the work he is doing in individual lives and in the body collectively. Let me remind you again of the words, verses 18 and 24. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. But God has so composed the body. The church, folks, is God's idea. Right? You are his idea. And he is at work in you and us as he chose. We just need to be willing to follow what God is doing. That makes sense? So, so here's what we're going to do right now. I want to give everyone a chance to say, I have something to offer, and I want to be a part of the body of Christ at Valley Creek. If you have your smartphones, I want you to pull them out right now, all right? Go ahead, grab your phone, all right? Grab it, pull it out. If you don't have a smartphone, don't worry. I'm not gonna leave you out. If you don't have a smartphone, raise your hand. I got some ushers that are gonna help me. Raise your hand, all right? If you don't have a smartphone, raise your hand. The the usher's gonna come, okay? Just raise raise them high. Don't be embarrassed. Some of you say, I don't want anybody to know I don't have a smartphone. It's okay if you don't have a smartphone. I want you to pull them out, though. Smartphone or paper copy, either way. Here's what we're gonna do. If you have your smartphone, I want everyone at this point, I want you to text to 94,000, that's the number we always use, text to 94,000. I want you to text the words VC United. There's no space, just one word, VC United. You've heard that enough over the last few weeks. You should be familiar with that phrase, right? I want you to text that number. What's gonna happen is immediately you're gonna get a link to a form. And so when you get that link to that form, I, I want you to go ahead and pull that up. Those that have the printed copy, basically you have it in printed form that's what you have all right but if it's on your phone you go ahead click the link and then that form's going to come up now here's what you're going to do on that form the first thing you're just sharing some very basic information it's just your name uh, your phone number and basically email because if you're going to say i'm making a commitment we need to know who you are and we need to be able to get in contact with you right that make sense it's basic information so just put that there now, once that happens, you're gonna go and it's gonna take you to the next screen, right? When you've done that, and it's gonna be an opportunity for you to check some areas to say, this is my passion. This is really what I wanna be a part of, all right? And uh, I think this is all filling on the screen, so if you, if you don't know, type in, in your name, type in, in your number, all right, type in, in your email. Have y'all got that far? Huh? Is, is it not working? It's not working. Man, you all have just bogged us down this morning, huh? Okay. Well, okay. If that's the case, let me, let me just know something, right? You might go a little slow. If you can't do it right now, you can do it anytime today. Okay? You can do it anytime today uh, because we want you to do this, and this is going to really help us out. Anyway, when you get through that, it's going to have you check some areas. Check every area that applies to you. If you say, hey, this is my passion. It's in children's ministry. It's, it's, it's missions. It's some of these things. And there's even going to be a blank at the bottom that says check and you can put other if there's something there you say I, I've got a passion and, and I want to be a part of this go ahead and check other and put that in there all right now if you did the printed form today when you leave I want you to come and you bring that form to me or you can set it on the information table either way all right we want to get that from you we're doing it try to trying to do it electronically because that puts everything together in a nice, neat little form for us, get a report, it's going to be easy for us to contact you because here's the goal that we're having with these. For everybody that has filled one of these in, we're going to contact you and say, how can we get you plugged in? Some of you may already be plugged in. That's great. We need to know that you're still committed. But some of you are not. We need you. Hear me. As we go forward into the future, we need each and every one of you. Does that make sense? Y'all get real quiet right now, right? Yeah. There's been a great plague that's happened to the church, especially since COVID. People have just said, I'm not gonna volunteer. I'm not gonna do anything. And here's this, the church cannot be the church that God wants it to be unless every member of the body is doing its part. But I believe this, if every member of the body is doing its part, we can shine bright for the Lord Jesus Christ in a dark world, so this is your opportunity. Now, in a way... What we've just done is your response to the message this morning. However, we're still gonna give an invitation because there are still other decisions that need to be made. For some of you, you maybe realize that you wanna be involved with ministry, but honestly, you need to first make a commitment to the church. So we're gonna have an invitation this morning and there's maybe some of you, you've been attending for a while, but you've never joined, you've never made that commitment. We wanna give you that opportunity. This is a time for you to come and say, we want to be members at Battle Creek. You can count on us. We want our name on the row. We want you to know you can call us because we're a part of the body. We're connected here. When We be a part. And so when we have this invitation, in a moment you can come and say, I'm ready to join and be a part of the church. Now others here today need to take even a step that's a little more important. You need to commit to Christ and become a part of the body in general. Because you've heard many times before that Jesus died for you. You've heard before that you have this sin that separated you from God and you couldn't bridge that gap and you needed a savior to do that. And you've heard many times that Jesus Christ came, lived a sinless life, then offered that life up to die for you on a cruel cross, was buried in a tomb, but then three days later rose again to prove that he had the power to forgive sin and to give eternal life. You've heard that numerous times, but here's what you've never done. You've never personally accepted Jesus as your savior. And many times, maybe you've sat during invitations and you felt that conviction. You felt, I need to do something. I need to respond. I need Jesus in my life, all right? I, I, I still remember what it was like to grab the back of the, the chair in front of me and not go anywhere because I knew God wanted me to do something, but I didn't. I, I know what that's like, right? Even if you don't physically grab the chair, you're doing. maybe you're doing this. I'm not, I'm not moving, right? But why not let today be the day that you give your life to Jesus? Because, listen, he loves you. He cares for you. And the moment you give your life to Jesus Christ, not only do you gain forgiveness in eternal life, but look, you gain a big family. All right, now listen, don't let some of that be a detriment to you, all right? maybe no. No, listen, you become a part of the body of Christ, a body that's made up of many different parts and we look different, but we're out here trying to reach the world for Jesus Christ, you can come and be a part of that and say, Lord, I'm gonna offer to you what you've given to me to offer back to you. So come give your life to Jesus Christ. Again, maybe there are others here today and you need to come something else. Maybe there's a a, a need, a burden that's on your heart and you just wanna come pray. Maybe you wanna come pray for the church. Man, the church will take all the prayers you wanna offer, amen? Maybe you got a family situation that you wanna take to the Lord. The altar is open for those things as well. I, I don't know what your need is. Maybe a recommitment to the Lord, whatever. We're gonna have this time of invitation and it's for all of these things, all right? But we're gonna stand together. I'm gonna invite the praise team to just come on up here. I'm gonna pray for us so let's go ahead and stand. We're we'll gonna stand for the prayer. It won't hurt you. Stand. Rain's made y'all sleepy today, right? I can tell. It's all right. But let's just bow our heads before the Lord. Let's invite him to speak to hearts this morning. And then we're gonna have this time of invitation as we seek commitments for the Lord this morning. Our Father, as we come to you again in prayer today, Lord, I thank you for the way that you have gifted each and every one of us, given us a place. And I know your word tells us again that every person is important because you've created every life. You know every life here. You know every gift, every ability that's in this place. And Father, today my simple prayer is again we would offer what you've given us back to you this morning for your glory and for your praise. And so during this time of invitation, I pray even if one didn't fill out anything on that form because they didn't know what to do that maybe even in these moments you would show them something that they could even this afternoon go back and put on that form and say i truly want to be a part so father speak to us because i know you need every member doing their part as we move forward in in this dark world the father as well i pray for those who may be struggling with other issues those who have never given their life to jesus i pray in this moment that your spirit would fall and that God you would move to change hearts and lives because I know that this preacher can't save a single person Lord I wish I could but it's not in my power it's only in your power and so Father I pray even in these moments your spirit would move move at hearts and that some would come confessing Jesus as Savior and giving their life to you making that commitment to baptism as a believer and following you in your will for their life Father even this morning for the hurts and the burdens that we have here today I pray the some would just lay those at the altar this morning and find your grace, find your mercy for their time of need. So speak to us, Father, I pray. As I pray these things, I pray them in Jesus' name. Amen.